welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everyone, the NBA season is underway, and there's no better way to celebrate then with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props, they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham, in here with me tonight. After the trade deadline, it has come and gone. The Cavaliers made one move during this deadline. Is Dan Galinsky to help me break it down? Dan, how are you doing tonight? How is your trade deadline day going? Um say it was wasn't bad. Wasn't great, wasn't bad. It was an exciting day for the NBA. Uh, the Cavaliers, I think we can agree, were a little bit more quiet than we thought they might be. Uh, we may as well just dive into the big trade that was made, though. The Cavaliers did indeed end up trading JaVale McGee. They traded him to the Nuggets for Isaiah Hartenstein, a 2023 top 46 protected pick in the second round, and a 2027 unprotected second rounder as well. Cavs get a look at Isaiah Hartenstein, a young center seven-footer, about 250 pounds. He's only 22 years old. Uh, has played 30 games for the Nuggets this season. Uh, averaged three and a half points, three rebounds, and limited minutes. I believe just under 10 a game uh, in those 30 games that he played. Dan, what are some of your initial reactions to this move? Obviously, it was one of the first made today, if not the first, if you don't count the uh, Corey Joseph made just after midnight trade. I believe this was the first one of the day. Um, what do you think of the return that the Cavs got? What do you think of Hartenstein? Do you like his fit in Denver? Just kind of give your general thoughts. Well, I think with JaVale, I, it's, it, I was kind of fine either way. If they had kept him, that would have been all right. Just with how the uh, how he's played for them this year, uh, did a good job in as a backup five, Was um, did about as well as I, I would have thought he would have. Um, couldn't ask for much more in that way. 
But uh, not. I'm not going to blame the Cavs for trying to pad to their asset total um, for maybe pieces down the road that could be developmental or um, potential trades to come by packaging future uh, assets, that sort of thing, as we've seen um, in the past for them. And when it comes to Hartenstein, I'm not, again, I I don't think he's, or I guess I didn't say it yet, but I wouldn't say he's going to be necessarily McGee, uh, who is a proven player in this league, still pretty solid uh, for a rotational piece if needed come playoff time and and spurts there. But Hartenstein is, uh, yeah, as you said, 22. Um, But I I think he can be serviceable as a backup five when, if you look at the first 36 minute stats, not bad. Um, And I think had, uh, he's a viable rim rim protector and is, is pretty skilled inside is, has some solid kind of push shot capabilities and, um, definitely can fill the dunker spot role um, fairly well, and is it has some bounce even for a, a seven footer. Um, I think he'll be fine. It's it's obviously not a groundbreaking deal as we know, but it's a good good look at a young piece. And I, I think with more of a minute share, not on a contender, I think he could actually show a little bit more. I was going to mention that we really haven't seen Hartenstein with a good opportunity yet in the NBA. Uh, early on in his Rockets tenure, he kind of had some moments there where he played and showed some really promising flashes, but you know, kind of got buried again in their rotation. And again, just hasn't really been able to solidify himself in in the Nuggets rotation this year either. Um, I think we knew, you know, this this deal with Javale. It was never going to be a blockbuster deal, but a lot of the time when we've been talking about you know potential Javale trade destinations, we've been talking about you know maybe a second one second round pick being the return for JaVale and a potential deal. So getting two seconds, um, I, b- I believe that this 2023 pick is the Nuggets' own pick. Uh, if that is the case, which, again, I'm not 100% sure on, but there's a, a pretty good chance that that conveys. Um, getting another one in 2027 and getting a look at a young player uh, in Hardenstein, I would say the Cavaliers in that aspect made out very, very well. Um, you, like you said about Hardenstein, um I think part of the you know the, the problem is that he just hasn't had a bunch of run, but it has shown you know some flashes of, of real skill inside. Uh, has some really nice touch around the rim, uh, can rebound well and block shots at his size, and has proven that in the minutes that he's played. Um, overall, yeah, not a, a spectacle as far as an athlete, but a, a solid one. Uh, I think he'll have just as big of an opportunity here to play real minutes um, with being the only true center on the roster right now outside of Jared Allen, um, this could really be a, a nice opportunity to see him play some some real minutes for this team uh, in that backup center spot. He is making the vet minimum this season, and he has a player option, which is kind of strange, uh, for next season. Uh, not very many players in his position, you know, making minimum money um, at the age of 22 have a player option. Uh, we'll see if he picks that up. Uh, you'd, you'd think if he plays well, there's a chance that he turns that down and maybe looks for a longer-term deal. Um, maybe with a little bit more of a salary increase. If he you know does completely flop, then, well, he'll pick it up. But uh, either way, um, you know, a guy the Cavs can look at now, uh, evaluate over this, you know, this stretch of the season, I definitely think he will be getting minutes. And uh, I think he'll be a pleasant surprise. Again, I think this is someone who has shown 
and limited limited flashes that you know he does have some ability just hasn't really gotten a chance to prove it on some good Rockets teams and a, a pretty good Nuggets team this year as well. Um, what do you think of the JaVale McGee fit in Denver? Do you think that he's going to fit in nicely there? He obviously already has been on the Nuggets once in his career. He'll be making a return to Denver. Uh, it's changed, I would say, you know, quite a bit as a, a player since he was last there. Yeah, I, I think for them, it's it's a guy that is a proven vet, has had uh, his share of playoff experience, as we know. And I, I just think it kind of gives them, allows Jokic uh, maybe to, to get a little bit of breather in playoff time. Um, may, and realistically, I could see him uh, and Jokic, frankly, um, in some of those big lineups from like time to time. Plumbing. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that, definitely. Um, just, I think it's a guy that could be kind of an interesting 4-5 at times fit with Jokic. Um, with his vertical spacing capabilities and does really run well. Um, I, I think, can, as we know, is, is always a guy that can give you energy even in, at the, this advanced uh, age in his career. And uh, I, I just think it's when you look at their uh, addition of Aaron Gordon uh, is another guy that can help them defensively and is, is pretty clear uh, that that's kind of their weakness is, is on that end. Um, at least when we're talking about playoff time, I think there's some questions. Um, I think that kind of helps solidify that for them. Um, just given the kind of scope of the West, and I just think it's a guy that you can kind of just throw on um, kind of those some of those bigger bodies at times. And uh, I just think for them is, is another guy that kind of is uh, – kind of battle-tested, can be a, a presence in the locker room. Absolutely will be a presence in the locker room for them. Um, it, again, in a team that, you know, is, has a pretty winning culture, even as a young team at this point, adding a guy like that, you know, it's, it's hard to hurt. Um, we'll, we'll probably see a more disciplined uh, JaVale McGee as far as his play style in Denver as well. Uh, we may have seen the last of the JaVale uh, off-movement, you know, off-dribble threes. Uh, it'll be disappointing to see the end of that. Um, but overall, yeah, uh, you can kind of see the strategy that Denver had coming into this uh, trade deadline. Um, obviously, two of the bigger pieces they lost last from last season over the soft, past offseason were Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant, both to the Pistons. Um, kind of found replacements of both of those guys and JaVale McGee and Aaron Gordon. One last note I want to mention real quick for Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, has played in the G League quite a bit over his first couple of years. Last year with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, uh, the, the Rockets G League team, did put up 25-15-4. and four. Um, has, has dominated in the G League, uh, won a Finals MVP in 2019. So it's clear that the guy has talent and has ability, and it'll be interesting to see if it happens now or you know, further down the line. But this is someone who definitely you know has a little bit of that in him. So... It'll be exciting to see if if Hartenstein can be anything for this team again. It's, it's to be seen, but I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing him play and hopefully get a consistent role here. Um, I guess we can talk about some other guys now. Obviously, there were a lot of rumors. <laughs> I guess we've been talking about it basically every episode at this point. A lot of rumors surrounding Andre Drummond. Nothing happened there. Um, nothing happened with Jetty. Nothing happened with Tarian Prince. Other guys who had been, you know having trade rumors surround them for quite a long time. Uh, but we'll start with Drummond here. 
Cavaliers were unable to find a deal. Uh, it seemed even up to the end there that the Knicks were the front runners for a deal that they were interested and nothing got done. Uh, at this point, Drummond will be bought out. Uh, the exact numbers as far as what money he will be getting back, I don't think have been reported yet at the time we're recording this. So we'll just have to see what that's going to be. But anyway, the Cavaliers were unable to make a move for Andre Drummond. Dan, are you surprised the Cavaliers weren't able to get anything done? Um, are you disappointed? Uh, it's tough to say right now. Um, just with how we know the contract, um, near $29 million or or was set to be um, prior to the buyout stuff. Um, and as, as was often reported, there was definitely interest in Drummond. But uh, the Cavs and or Kobe Altman, um, the front office didn't want to uh, kind of have to take on um, bad money, bad contract money. So in that way, I, I can understand them kind of going this route. And I, for the Cavs fans that want to have their push, pitchforks out um, about how they, they weren't able to showcase Drummond and, and that he was sat prematurely, yada, yada, um, just with how... Drummond clearly didn't have the same effort that he had pre-Allen trade. Then it, it was clearly taking so a toll on the him team. Wouldn't have helped. Yeah, it, it, it would have honestly just done harm. And he clearly wasn't bought into the decreased minute share. Um, there were reports of that, as we know. And just it's just allowed Jared Allen to kind of have better chemistry here and Considering the gap, the Cavs gave up uh, a six-inch sub for Andre Drummond. I don't really think it was a huge deal that they weren't able to get that said asset back, especially when can, when you consider that the Cavs likely got three second-round picks for a half season of JaVale McGee. Um, it's it's really not too big of a deal to that to me, and it's at least the way the key takeaway here is. Um, just kind of shows how uh, the Cavs were able to kind of, again, avoid taking on that bad contract salary, uh, I guess, for kind of planning for Jared Allen and, and or um, those uh, the Colin Sexton uh, extension this offseason. That's kind of what stood, stood out to me in that way. Yeah, I think – for anyone who does, and I've seen a lot of, obviously there have been some unhappy fans as far as Kobe Altman and the decisions that he's made. Um, it's it's ridiculous to me to say that the Cavaliers failed with Andre Drummond here in you know, these final stretches. I'm not sure exactly what else they were supposed to do. Um, I think had the Cavaliers not acquired Jared Allen, maybe we have a more bought-in Andre Drummond. Maybe you get something for him. It's probably still not a great return, but maybe maybe it's, it's better than you know buying him out. But um, I'll, I'm happy with Jared Allen. Um, I'll take that return over anything else we would have got. Uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, it was it, it, from what it sounds like, it was take on long-term bad money or buy him out. It's not like there were offers on the table. Um, obviously we know the Knicks had some interest, but you have to think if the Knicks were to offer anything, uh, that, you know, the Cavaliers probably would have taken it. I don't think that that was the case. And we'll see if, you know, rumors come out as to what offers were, though that'll come with time. Maybe, maybe it won't. Uh, I still always thought that 
a swap of LaMarcus Aldridge for Andre Drummond made sense, uh, maybe with a second rounder coming back to Cleveland, uh, especially with LaMarcus Aldridge also reportedly being bought out. It like, sounds like he'll be going to Miami, but it, that, that was one that always made sense to me. But it, it's obvious that it just wasn't on the table. And if you're the Cavs front office, there's nothing you can do there. So overall, it, it's hard to call the Andre Drummond experiment a failure. Uh, it's hard to say that this front office has really done a bad job with the whole situation. I think they got their value out of Andre, which was a second-round pick early in the season when we did have some really good Andre games. He he did win us some games early on in that stretch uh, when the team was rolling early on. I think that wasn't no small part to Andre. So, yeah, it didn't work out in the end. Uh, it's disappointing to see that they weren't able to get anything. But at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal in my eyes, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm totally with you on that. It's just, it's just still shocking how the Pistons had Andre Drummond for what almost eight years. I mean, they they were living with this for, I uh, God knows Quite how long. I mean, obviously they they had the Blake Griffin trade, whatever, but it, it's it is unbelievable that you could have Andre Drummond for seven plus years and be. Uh, I just it's mind blowing. <laughs> That's that's kind of what I was thinking in that in that just way. Just to to deal with that for so long. Well, hey, I mean, we'll we'll see where Andre Drummond goes. Uh, obviously, the Lakers have been reportedly confident that they'll be able to land him. Uh, the Nets are still a team that would make some sense, and they can offer you know their their disabled player exception. They still have some mid level money is left as well if they want to offer that to Andre. Uh, the Knicks, who are rumored to trade for him, do still have that fifteen million dollars in cap space. Uh, they could sign him to a four-year deal right now, you know, starting at $15 million if they wanted to. Uh, and there's no indication that they are interested in doing that at this moment, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, where do you think is the most likely Andre situation, or not situation, but destination right now, Dan? Uh, which one do you think makes the most sense? Uh, and just kind of what do you think will happen? Well, I think the Knicks actually probably make the most sense. Um, just... Well, I guess I guess they ended up dealing uh, Mitch Rob, but just I think for them, I think it'd be smart to kind of just see what they have in him, get him in the in the program, uh, help them secure a playoff spot. I, I don't doubt that he could do that, and it, I just think it'd be interesting just because Tibbs historically is has liked the or like Burley centers. I I mean he's he's gotten use out of those players. I think it'd be um, he's he's from basically from Connecticut more so, and I just think it'd be kind of a natural fit in that way. I, I think um, Drummond might be more. I think he'd be very motivated to kind of help them, uh, or I, I think he'd kind of ingratiate himself um, with that area. I think it'd probably do pretty well for them, and just given how the East. Um, those there's still plenty of use for those kind of players. Uh, I I think that'd be an intriguing fit to me. Um, but obviously, New Orleans Noel has done really well for them, so we'll have to see there. But I I I, I mean, I would anticipate that uh, Drummond would end up going to the Lakers just because of the um, LeBron Anthony Davis injuries and um, and or kind of that extended absence maybe. Um, could help them kind of stay afloat, maybe. But I, I'd just be intrigued to see if he'd actually be bought into 
um, and or take to LeBron's leadership uh, behind the scenes. That to me is kind of still a, a key question mark. And I, I think I, I agree with you that the Knicks are a place that make a lot of sense, um, especially if he is just trying to make as much money as he can. And I, we have to see if the Knicks would be interested in and in, you know offering all of that cap space right now or offering multiple years. There were original reports that had said that you know maybe they would look at offering him something along those lines in free agency. Who knows if that's, that's the case that's now? That's kind of what I'm. I just think it'd be good for them to maybe see. Yeah. What he could be right now. I mean, if you can't get him bought in right now, I don't know when you ever will. <laughs> but for the Lakers, you would think if he's going to a situation where, you know, he is going to make a minimum for the rest of the season and he's willingly signing with a team that has LeBron and AD, you'd think that he would at least try to buy in more so than he has in the past with, you know, say the Cavs and at the end there. Um, you would think playing next to those guys he would kind of have a better understanding of his role and i there have been you know i think it was zach lowe said on a podcast that andre drummond has also becoming almost becoming somewhat underrated at this point just because there are so many people in the camp of you know really recognizing his flaws as a player which are you know very very valid as far as empty stats attitude play style all of that but I believe that in a situation where he is bought in, he could still help a team quite a bit. And especially for a Lakers team right now that is short a few players, including LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think if you were to go in there right now, um, he could kind of provide a little bit. I won't say carry that team because obviously you don't really want Andre Drummond carrying you. But I think he could provide a, a much welcomed boost in this time without those guys. And again, if he's signing in L.A. for the veteran minimum you assume that the goal is to win there. And I think he would buy into any role that he would, you know, be assigned if he's willingly signing there. So I think that LA will probably be the team. Um, Brooklyn, obviously another one to watch out for, but overall, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't call this experiment a failure. You gave up a second round pick to get him. You had some good moments. You kind of got to see, you know, how a center like that plays along with these young guards um, and obviously just, COVID had some impacts there as well as far as, you know, the amount of time that you even got to watch him play. So I, I, I hardly blame this on the Cavs. Yeah, I think the other issue is we didn't really get to see him with Kevin Love either. That's that's the thing. That's another that, very good uh, point. I, maybe there wouldn't have been kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I, I, that, that, to me, was just the disappointing part of it is um, him with Love – would have could have been an interesting dynamic um, inside out, but obviously we know Kevin Love has has been hampered. So, yeah, that's a whole other disappointment onto itself. Um, <laughs> it's the Kevin Love, obviously another guy who was not traded at this deadline. Um, I, there were a couple teams that reportedly had some sort of interest, the Kings and the Mavericks being a couple in particular. Uh, that that interest went right out the window the moment that Kevin Love decided that he wasn't going to play again after coming back for a half of a quarter of a game. But anyway, what are you going to do there? Um, a couple other guys who weren't traded, Jetty and Torian Prince, um, both who had been in rumors. Uh, there weren't any real rumors uh, that had seemed to be serious. Uh, some talks that, you know, there were teams that were interested in Jetty. Uh, Golden State was there for a while, and obviously... There were reports near the end that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, teams like the Clippers and the Nets um, also reportedly had interest in him. 
Uh, never really saw anything from Tarion uh, as far as potential destinations, potential places that are interested. Um, I think it was the Rockets from Michael Scotto, I think. Really? I don't even know if I saw that one. Yeah, but, I'm um, pretty sure, but it, it really, there wasn't much concrete anyhow. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, Dan, are you surprised at all that the Capitalers weren't able to find a move for any of that, or for any of these guys? Yeah, I, I guess I would have thought with, I, I was, I wasn't really thinking with the contender element. It was more so maybe the Cavs, if there was a Lonzo deal to come um, between the Pels and Bulls, I thought maybe the Cavs could have kind of finagled their way into that somehow um, with Ejeti and or Prince. I just thought that might have been a Probably way for them maybe, uh, Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking, frankly. Uh, maybe it included in kind of a Rockets deal in there as well, but um, that, that didn't amount or it didn't materialize as we know now, but um, that was kind of where I was thinking uh, maybe for Jetty or potentially a team like Charlotte, maybe. Um, but with LaMelo's injury, that kind of went by the wayside in that way. But um, it's it was still hard for me to uh, foresee like Jetty for like a Lou Williams or uh, kind of – I didn't see the Cavs kind of getting in on Dinwiddie. That just didn't really uh, didn't really make sense to me. No, um, and you, you'd mentioned the Rockets on Dintarian. I'm not really sure what you know. Atarian Prince would even do for that team right now. Another guy who's or another team. I, I just thought it would be maybe he could play some, uh, really more so for next year to have a, just to pick up kind of an expiring. Given that they're and a that's rebuild, fair. that's fair. Maybe a guy who could have some value at that point. Um, real quick, we're not going to talk too much about the Rockets on, on a Cavs show, but I do just have to mention how bad this James Harden could this James Harden deal for the Rockets could end up being in the end. I just have to go through real quick. Um, obviously, and the Russ. Jared Allen. What were you saying? And Russ too. And Russ, yeah. I mean, getting John Wall was you know okay. John Wall's looked fine. Uh, it's a nice story of him coming back. They got a first-round pick out of that. Honestly, getting a first-round pick out of Russell Westbrook, even if you take John Wall back, isn't the worst return in the world. Yeah, um, that's but, yeah. I guess looking back, yeah, that's fine. But just looking at the James Harden deal in particular, um, yes, they got the first-round you know picks. They got some swaps. I'm not sure that any of those swaps are going to convey. Um, looking at just just the return for the James Harden deal. So you got Karis LeVert and Jared Allen going to other places. For that, you ended up getting Rodion Skouroux, Dante Axum, and Victor Oladipo instead of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. Obviously, Rodion Skouroux, Dante Axum, we can just disregard. But Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. And then you go and flip Victor Oladipo for Avery Bradley... um, what else was it? Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> so, congratulations, Houston. For James Harden, you now have Dante Exum, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and some late firsts. Um, thank you for not wanting Jared Allen. Um, that has benefited us greatly. I just had to get that out of the way because I thought it was funny. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. 
Anyway. I mean, between them and the Texans, man, they, they're... <laughs> Not a good time for Houston sports. Uh, they, 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 broke, they broke the streak. They broke the 20-game losing streak. It was not going to get to 21. I think that was against the Raptors, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Raptors also kind of a, a, a big storyline today, not trading Kyle Lowry. But um, anyway, we'll get back on to the Cavs. Jetty and Torian are here to stay for the rest of the season. Um, we'll, we'll have to monitor Torian's injury. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E dot com. Jetty, another guy who is not too popular within the Cavs fan base right now. I am sorry to everyone who does not like him. You'll have to put up with him a while longer. Um, I don't know, Dan. Do you think Jetty can get it turned around the second half of the season? Do you think we'll get anything out of him? Do you think he'll kind of fix his relationship in any way with a large portion of the Cavs fan base, or do you think it'll be more of the same from him? Yeah, I don't, I don't really see that happening with Jetty. Uh, he's just a guy that at this point they really need. I mean, he needs to honestly, like his, his role needs to be cut down considerably. Now um, I, I would say probably needs to be playing five to six less minutes per game for at least a little bit here. And, I mean, there's just not much else to say right now with Jetty. Uh, I mean, if you just look in the past, what, 15 games, this is pretty bad. On five three-point attempts a game, he's shooting 22.9% from deep. So that that's, that's hardly <sighs> great. Shooting 37% from two, not great. And it, it's just, ugh. Catch and shoots, 22.4% from three, which are the majority of his shots. It's just not great with Jetty right now. And maybe ugh, maybe this can be kind of like a put a little fire in him, but I, I don't. I just think it'll be playing to less confidence for him. And Jetty's a guy that kind of – I mean, if he's not confident, you can just tell. And certain. In some stretches, he can get really hot when it feels like that he's definitely kind of on, but that has not been the case for a while here. And I really don't know what to do with Jetty because they've – I mean, although the, the stat or, I guess, splits don't, won't necessarily show it, he's had a number of really good opportunities in recent games. And I just – and with Lear Nance back, I mean, that's another kind of playmaker for him. And it's just not worked for him right now. But I, I give him his credit for uh, he's I mean, he's given playmaking help. But to me, um, it, I just I don't see it right now um, improving for Jetty anytime soon. It, it's a it's kind of a difficult position for the Cavs right now with Jetty. Uh, obviously, with the play of a guy like Lamar Stevens, who 
at this point, absolutely de- deserves to be in the Cavaliers rotation for at least the rest of the season. I think he has earned that. Um, and he's helping the Cavaliers win games right now. Um, I think it was fair to make the case that Jetty deserved to keep making minutes before the trade deadline, just in hopes that, you know, you could kind of showcase him and if he could, you know, kind of, I mean, we've seen Jetty go on some hot streaks for multiple games at times this season. If you could kind of get one of those hot streaks near the end there, maybe you could convince a team to take him. Obviously that was about as far as you could get from the case. But it's just kind of a difficult position now because I don't think that Jetty should be playing that many minutes. Uh, and, and we talk about the horrible shooting, you know, numbers that he's had as of late and just how he struggled on that end. And obviously, you know, the playmaking has helped. And I'm not saying that this guy is a complete zero in every aspect of basketball. I mean, he's still a professional right. NBA player. And he's, but he's honestly a pretty good rebounder, too. He's not bad there, no. But I, I still think, overall, you, you look at the offensive struggles that we've had with him. The defensive struggles have kind of gone under the radar just because everyone's looking at his shooting. The, the defense is still not good with him. Um, I don't really think that very much has changed there. Um, it's 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 just overall it's not been great. But um, and, and the reason I think it's hard to to kind of cut that role is because it's not like you know this is a guy who's going to be off your books soon. It's and I'm not comparing Jetty as a player to Cristiano Felicio. But it's almost a Cristiano Felicio type of situation with Chicago where we're paying Jetty Osmond $8.8 million this season, $8.1 million the season after that, and then seven and a half the season after that. If this is a guy who is not part of your long-term plans uh, and he's not playing well, but it's you know been proven difficult to trade him. Obviously, they weren't finding, able to find anything here. We could kind of get stuck in a situation with Jetty to where – He's not playing, but he's still getting paid, and he's still getting paid for multiple years. And it's just kind of like, what do you do with the guy? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a difficult situation right now with him. Well, there's also that, and it it just seems as though there's a good possibility the Cavs could also go wing again in the draft too. And I think with Jetty, I, I mean, I I personally am not a fan of it, but I think the best thing with him is he's going to have to kind of kind of rebuy into the kind of like I don't know 13 to 14 minute like energy guy type guy that honestly might not play every night and I mean I don't know we'll, we'll have to see on that I mean I wouldn't expect that to be the case necessarily right away um but with him I I think you almost either have to play him as I I guess kind of like a point forward and or like lead initiator type as he was in bits and pieces earlier on this year um, is kind of like a like almost like a jumbo like almost combo guard type either that or you kind of have to play him as is kind of like a small ball four um, and I, I just with his athletic limitations right now on top of the just woeful shooting splits. I, it's just tough to see what his role is going to be here. Um, but until he actually kind of starts to hit water again, I, I don't really know what, what you're going to be able to do with him as far as trades. Um, maybe he could end up being kind of a package and maybe like a draft night deal. Uh, but we'll have to see because he, he just 
he's in a bad place right now. Let's see. Even if you package him at this point, it's probably going to be a salary filler. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be. Really gonna wanna, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Is a team going to want to take on, you know, if it's going to be a draft night deal, is a team going to want to take on that year's salary and a whole nother year at seven and a half? Yeah. As filler for a guy who might not even be that much of a contributor for you. Yeah. I, I just think for other teams, it could be maybe they buy into, uh, it could be like a change of scenery could work for him. Um, yeah. I, I think that's kind of what maybe Golden State was kind of buying into. Um, he does move about the ball well, but it, it's just. And he has flashes of shooting off movement as well and taking some rather difficult shots that he sometimes makes. Yeah. It, it, it's. It's rare. It almost. It, I mean, it's not. I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm I can't. He's, he's shown it. He doesn't show it consistently, but it's been there at times. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just kind of an odd thing. It almost seems like those kind of like late clock. I, I don't. I'm probably. I don't know the numbers specifically, but I mean, late clock. It seems like he's he's almost better just kind of taking those quick pumps, taking a rhythm dribble, and hitting those as opposed to. Him shooting like thirty, he's shooting like thirty four percent, like wide open threes. Which for a guy in year four and is is kind of labeled as a rotational shooter, that's that's concerning. How bit how big of a and I won't say it's a disaster because I can't. Th- I don't think you can call a deal that's under ten million per year a disaster. At the time that the Jetty extension happened, I don't know how you felt. I thought it oh, was Oh, I fine. take that back. 33% on um, wide open threes for the record. Oh, 33. Good. Well, glad, glad we got that, you know, Okay, out. never mind. But He's anyway. <laughs> 13.6% on two to four, uh, or tight contests, so sorry. Getting even better. But anyway, as a guy, you know, making under $9 million a year and with declining money, uh, the last year of this deal in 2023-24, uh, making 6.7. That's a total, you know, non-guarantee. I thought that this was a pretty fair Jetty for deal, that, uh, a pretty fair deal for Jetty at the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's kind of it's kind of incredible how quickly that has flipped to the opposite, to where this deal looks like it could kind of hinder the Caps for the next couple of years. <laughs> I mean, well, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I just think for them, it's. I don't know, if Windler needs to turn things around as well, and I really do think, though, in the last stretch of the year, he can get going more. But um, with Jetty, I just think it's clear that he should not be playing 22, 23 minutes a night. That's just that's just clear right now. And if the, the more they continue to do that with him, the less um, accountability, really, that that's showing. I guess preaching of that, you, you could say. We can move off of the depressing Jetty talk for now. Uh, some other moves that were made. Obviously, there were a ton made this trade deadline. Uh, one guy that was kind of reported after the deadline had passed at the Cavs, at least were kind of sniffing around and maybe had some interest in, was Jarrett Culver out of the Minnesota Timberwolves, somebody that a lot of people you know had interest at around the time of the draft when they drafted Darius Garland. Obviously, Darius Garland ended up being the right pick there. Um, Jarrett Culver has not panned out. Um, kind of a bigger, longer two guard has some nice athleticism. Uh, flashed maybe some sort of shot creation ability in college uh, that did not translate at all to the NBA, but has shown some potential to be a nice positional defender. Um, 
just looking at you know the possibility of Culver, would you have liked to see a deal get done there, Dan? Yeah, I, I was a guy that was I, I was more than fine with Culver before. Um, I, I really wanted the Cavs, honestly, in twenty nineteen to get Cam Reddish. That was kind of my guy, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't blame them for at least kind of just doing their due diligence there. But I, I just it's hard for me to I guess foresee where. Culver would be able to fit in uh, just given the uh, how many minutes would he get behind um, Colin Sexton I, I would think we'd have to see as far as what a package would be of course but um, not I mean you could yeah he could play the three here and there that'd be fine but I, I just think for him he kind of has to I think for him going forward, he kind of has to work. I think for him, it's kind of either buying into like a situational defender. He's got to develop some sort of offensive skill. But offensively, well. I think he really needs to develop as a playmaker because in college he showed, I mean, marked improvement in that um, in in his uh, in that run they had. Um, but. Yeah, the, the pull-up stuff has just not translated at all. It's I, I'd kind of rather the Cavs just kind of not add him there in that way. And at this point, it doesn't look like they're going to, uh, at least in that situation. Another guy that we had kind of talked about before, and it was I think it was the last episode before the trade deadline that we had, was Troy Brown, who ended up being part of a deadline deal, uh, kind of a given away for nothing. Again, the Bulls uh, making a really nice move here, I thought. It was ended up being a three-way deal. Basically, the Bulls gave up, what was it? Daniel Gafford and who else was it? Uh, Chandler Hutchison. Chandler right. Hutchison to the Wizards for Mo Wagner, who ended up going to the Celtics, and Troy Brown. Uh, again, I think a terrific move for the Bulls. Again, Troy Brown is somebody that I'm very high on Never got the opportunity really in in Washington to play a consistent role, and and I, I understand in that last year it wasn't always the best fit with Westbrook and some of the other non shooters that they had on the floor, uh, but man, that is something that I would have liked to see the Cavs get done, especially seeing the price being Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchison. Yeah, that hurt. We had talked about the potential of you know maybe Windler being thrown at a deal in that kind of realm. I'll just let you go in on that a little bit. It did kind of hurt. And obviously, you know, there are 29 other teams in the league and, you know, anyone can make a deal. But would you have liked to see the Cavaliers get involved a little bit with a Troy Brown deal? Yeah, I just think the key with him, you got to let him have on-ball creation usage. And the the Wizards, frankly, just didn't allow that to be the case enough for him. I, I think that really stunted his growth. Um, because when he's had opportunities with the ball in his hands, he's a good passer. Um, I, I think for the Cavs, it really would have been able to, I, I mean, just factoring in that Quinn Cook, I, I don't honestly think it's, I, I'm not sure if Quinn Cook's going to be signed via rest of the season deal here. Um, he could be, I, I actually really liked what he did in the Chicago game, but um, yeah, with, uh, as we touched on, you and me both would absolutely do, uh, a deal basically centered on Windler um, and, and maybe just like some other pieces thrown in. But um, yeah, I, I would have, if he were at all, I, it didn't seem like, I don't think there were any kind of rumors that the Cavs showed interest in him. I, I, that 
Um, I didn't see any, no. Yeah, it, it really could have been a guy that could definitely help the Cavs, could kind of play the two and three for them. Um, again, really athletic and only 21 years old. And I, I think for them, if they were able to, it could be a guy just that they need creators off the bench uh, on ball. And I think it'd be a guy that could kind of just eat into Jetty's minutes and really could have been a, a nice kind of rotational kind of playmaking wing for them. And I think just a dude that, if given the opportunities, has kind of untapped offensive potential and is a strong defender. Well, you mentioned, you know, eating into Jetty's minutes. In the event that the Cavaliers did trade for Troy Brown, if Jetty had still been playing, you know, his 20 minutes plus a night over Troy Brown Jr., I may have ripped all of my hair out. So maybe... Maybe it's for the best that they didn't trade for him. Well, in that I was thinking they, I, I, they, I mean, given that we've seen Windler and Osmond play together, at least like a fairly regularly, I, I would think those two would get some that's burn fair, together. But those two could probably get some play. Yeah. I think that positionally, Troy Brown can, I, I still believe he can develop into somebody who can play one through three. I think you can run him as kind of a, a pseudo playmaking forward. I think you can run him at point guard and stretches. I think he can get to that point. But, um, it also would have. Anybody, it also could have maybe. I'm not at all comparing him to the the player of Porter, but could have maybe been in that realm as is kind of that kind of that mold. That mold, yeah. I I, I don't think that he has anywhere close to like the shot creating ability. No, but when the, you just kind of talk about a taller go, guard slash, but, but does just kind of a, does a lot a taller of other playmaking things way. or can when he's given the opportunities in that way and is honestly a much better defender right now. Yeah. A, a taller playmaking wing with, you know, some ball handling ability who, like and you he's, said, you know, is a he's good defender. More, I mean, physically built as well. And and I always say that, and it's probably like eye-rolling, but that, like, 21-year-olds that are, it matters. That are, that are it thick, matters. I mean, thicker, at least up top, like that, that that's a skill in itself as well. It definitely matters. Uh, is there anyone else? And we'll, we'll get to some other guys who were waived. Obviously, with the buyout of Andre Drummond, the Cavaliers are currently down to 13 roster spots. Um, we'll see what happens with Quinn Cook. Uh, if, you know that, that could be another roster spot opened up. But um, was there anybody else before we get into maybe some free agents that you would have liked to see the Cavs kind of get involved in for a trade? Uh, whether it was someone who was or wasn't traded, anybody else on the market that you kind of had your eyes on that you were disappointed in? the Cavaliers didn't at least get involved with? Hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of, I don't know, tough to say right now, but I, I really, I mean, we hit on a little bit. I, I really would have liked to have seen the Cavs at least try to maybe pry away Sato. Um, but given that Lonzo wasn't traded, that kind of, I mean, basically kiboshed that, but... Um, either that or Neil Aquina, maybe, but he's he's kind of come on for them of late. Um, but also, I mean, if if we were able to snag Jordan Bell, um, that could have been something as well. But again, the Cavs didn't want to take on um, kind of future money, so um, on snag who? It was just kind of, or I, I meant not Jordan Bell. I meant to say Jordan Poole. Um, okay. Just okay. kind of in a potential <laughs> deal with. Golden State, I mean, with other pieces, sure, but that's, and or maybe a guy, I don't know if, I always kind of look at, like, the few times we played the Rockets, um, 
Daniel House. I think that's kind of a guy that could be kind of like an, a quick hitter type guy that you could throw in. Um, it, that was kind of if Jetty were to be moved. Um, that I, I've always kind of been drawn to him is kind of just like a quick little kind of shooting, uh, rotational shooting type guy that can give you energy. Um, but nothing really that was too uh, much out in front and center, aside from Sato and Neil Keenan to me. Well, looking at some free agent targets uh, that the Cavaliers could potentially have now, uh, obviously there are some new names on the market uh, after the deadline. We've had some guys waived. Uh, from the Kings, Jabari Parker was waived, uh, which kind of came as a little bit of a surprise to me, but at the same time, you know, he hasn't done much for them this year. And that, it's just kind of been an unfortunate situation there in general. Um, Kings also waived Fiondo Cavangale, uh that they got from the Clippers. Uh, that move obviously was never something that they had in their long-term plans as far as Fiondu. Uh, we've seen some other veterans get waived. Guys like Jeff Teague, uh, Vincent Poirier, Poirier, however you're supposed to say it. But um, is there anybody out of that kind of name, a group, or that group of names, or potentially somebody else that you think that would be interesting on the Cavaliers right now? Kevin uh, Gailey, right, in particular, is someone who, like, I, I don't think has panned out at all. I think he was taken higher than he should have been. Uh, clearly, he had his third-year rookie option declined. Um, he was just a, a little bit overmatched when he played. But a, a young, kind of big guy who can shoot a little bit, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. Uh, and I guess it kind of depends on, you know, what the Del Vadova situation is. Obviously, we have kind of seen him be listed as questionable as of late. But Jeff Teague is another guy who could come in and kind of just stabilize that backup point guard spot. Um, you know, Vincent Poirier, not a player that I like, but another big. Um, heck, you mentioned you mentioned Jordan Bell, someone that the Cavs have signed in the past when they needed some big man depth. Thon Maker is still out there. Is there anyone in particular that you would like to see brought in by this team? Yeah, I'm with you on Kevin Gilly. Uh, that could be kind of some untapped uh, stretch big potential there uh, with him. And uh, again, didn't really play much um, with the Clippers to this point, as we know. Um, but he has, could have some promise as kind of a pick and pop guy for you, is, is pretty athletic, um, has shown flashes of post game here and there. Um, but definitely could be, I think, a, if he were able to kind of get some minutes, could develop into being a, a very viable kind of face-up big um, in this league and, and runs the floor well, um, has some bounce to him. Uh, it's He's a little bit of a tweener, four or five tweener is kind of the issue with him. But I think it'd be definitely a guy that you could kind of throw in there at times. I think the, the ceiling for him is compared to Hartenstein is, is much, much higher to me. Um, was probably overdrafted, admittedly. Is, I'm with you on that. But uh, I think if you give him opportunities, he can give you kind of kind of end up being a, a viable offensive uh, kind of big. Just looking at how the league is, is today and um, definitely can play um, in, in some lineups, I think could play some five for us. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to, a dynamic between him and Nance, um, given the passing ability of Nance. But that's that's the one to me that kind of jumps out. Jabari, uh, I, I feel bad for him, just given all that he's been through with the injury stuff. But 
just with how we've kind of dealt with it with love. Um, and I guess when we're thinking of like an end of bench guy with, with Delhi this year, I, I'd rather not get another injury prone player. That's fair. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Quinn and Cook also and a non, he would complete get. non-defender in Parker as well. That is also true as well. We've talked a little bit about Quinn Cook, and obviously he's on his second 10-day. A uh, player can only sign two 10 days in one season with the same team, so the Cavaliers will have a decision to make after this 10-day expires whether they want to keep him for the rest of the season or whether they're going to move on from him. Um, obviously, again, I think we've seen some good stuff. Like you said, yeah, I thought he played well against the Bulls in their last game. Uh, they'll play again tomorrow. We'll see what he does then. And I think every game is an opportunity to prove whether he deserves to be on this team or not. Is Jeff Teague someone who would be an interesting alternative to you? And we'll, we'll see you know, what kind of interest he garners in the market. Uh, someone who has kind of struggled with the Celtics this year, but could provide more of a traditional point guard for this team. Again, if Delhi is going to continue to be out, would you be at all interested in having him as just kind of a steadying facilitator off the bench? Yeah, I, I'm not really a fan of Jeff Teague. Never really have been. Um, definitely is. I mean, lost one, two, maybe even three steps at this point. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah. And at least with Quinn Cook, he at least competes defensively. I mean, I give him credit for that. Um, at least off ball, actually, just I mean, seems pretty aware. Um, does a, a decent job getting through off ball picks. Um, at least to contest, or at least kind of know where his help is. Jeff T, for as long as he's been in the league, has has always been a turnstile defensively, and even was in Boston, who has other cap. I mean, they've had their own issues this year. It seems like just chemistry stuff, but defensively, I mean, they have impact players around him, um, and really struggled on that end of the floor. Looked lost like way too frequently, and at least with Cook, we I don't see that. It's more of the kind of. Um, on ball limitations with him and in the kind of lack of height doesn't help, but I, I Teague is not really, I, I just think with him is his passing. It's more been like the ball's been in his hands a ton. I don't really consider him to be kind of a high IQ player, frankly. And I mean, the shot is he can create for himself some, uh, but it's, he's always been kind of a streaky shooter and, just really uh, another guy that's just really thin, at least with Cook. He's, he's fairly put together um, for his height. And I just think he's a guy that I, I would think with Teague, he just, I don't know how he just kind of fit in as a guy, at least with Cook. He, he's fully bought into like his role, it seems. And I, I just, I, I liked what he's provided. And um, with Teague, I, I'd much rather have Delhi actually be playing over Teague personally, when if and when he is back. I'm I'm absolutely with you there. I think in the event that Delhi does come back and you know provide some some healthy minutes down the stretch of the season, it's not even a conversation. Um, I, I don't even know if Quinn Cook is really a conversation to bring back if Delhi is going to be back and without a minute restriction back in the lineup. Um, I think it is pretty a pretty safe bet, though, that the Cavaliers will add a third big. Um, obviously, I think we're both on board with, you know, at least the possibility of taking a flyer on a guy like Captain Gailey. I have to ask, Dan, would you be interested in bringing back Thon Maker for the rest of the season? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, just, <laughs> well, the, the reason is, is because, I mean, who... To me, he still has to play the four for the vast majority of the time. 
Um, and I, I really like Jarrett. I, I know what he brings, uh, recognize that. Um, but having two fairly thin, I mean, he's somewhat thin for a five still. Two of those guys, like, I, I just don't know. And with Hartenstein, I mean, he's, I mean, at this point, he is raw and, and pretty unproven. And that that's kind of two kind of non-offensive players on the floor at the same time. I, I don't really see what the pairings are with him. And we just never know what's going to happen, it seems like, with Kevin Love, like, day to day. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm fine. So I guess that's a no on Jordan Bell. Uh, I mean, at least with him, he's at least fairly sturdy. Um, at least on ball defensively, in some respects, can help you there. Um, with Fawn, and just like the following issues with him, it's just so apparent. If he plays like 15 minutes, he gets like three fouls, and I, I just I don't see it. Is there anyone else out there that interests you? Um, as far as just someone who could fill in and, and not someone who you would expect to play major minutes, I don't think, but just kind of fill in as a third big, be it a, a young guy or a veteran. Are there any other available names right now that... Nah, I don't think so. I really wanted Chris Silva. That would have been like a perfect th- guy in that way to me. Um, that was kind of like the dark horse tree candidate to me. That's kind of the guy I wanted. Um, but right now, it's I, you sold me on Kevin Gelly. I'd, I'd Definitely be in on that if, if that's what they went with. Well, let's do it. Let's 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 bring Kevin Gailey to Cleveland. I think it's it's a risk worth taking. A guy with a little bit of untapped potential. I'm I am on board. I guess just kind of a general again NBA question, but a really busy day in the NBA. I just want to ask you, Dan, what was the the move that surprised you the most? It doesn't have to be Cleveland related, but what would what would you say is the biggest surprise? Of all the moves today, because there were plenty. I guess I just wouldn't have thought. I didn't see Vooch to. I didn't see that kind of playing out. Um, obviously, that was going to be my answer too. With with Gordon out um, and or um, it'll either that or the fact that Evan Fournier was had for what was it two second round picks two seconds. Yep. I mean that one, like that's that's all it took for Evan Fournier, two second round picks. That one kind of shocked me a little bit, um, especially because they were bought. I don't can't remember exactly which picks they were, but that one was pretty surprising. Um, thought he could have garnered a little bit more than that. Um, and but yeah, with Vooch to to Chicago, I mean, I, I guess I get it in the sense that. They want to, it seems like going forward, build, continue to build around Levine. Um, that'll be interesting to see what, what plays out there. But, I mean, the, the Bulls did give up a, did give up some stuff there. And I, I don't know, I guess with Carter, he hasn't necessarily been able to stay healthy um, for long stretches and ha- has had his struggles this year. Um, but I, I just, I, putting your kind of chips in, it seems like for Vooch is, it's a little much to me. I mean, he's a really, really nice player. I guess that kind of solidifies them as, as a playoff team, um, you would think, kind of looking onward. But Vooch, I was gonna say, Vooch it is It solidifies not, them as respectable. Yeah, I, I guess that's fine. Um, but yeah, Vooch is – that's a, a guy that's not necessarily the youngest dude in the world. So, And definitely is not a defensive player, really. And – 
I don't know. I mean, they're. Ugh. I think he's on a really nice contract, though. Yeah, it, it's it's not too bad. Um, but they with declining they money. He'll be making like twenty two million move, last year. But they also didn't move Lowry, right? The Raptors, no. Are you talking about Lowry? Mar- okay, Lowry, Lowry Marketing. Marketing. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Laurie is still there, and, and I was gonna say, yeah, like, how's that? that gonna, uh, I'm how's not that a big fan of that I don't fit. Know. Yeah, that's that was the. Kind I mean, of, on, I thought on there offense, be, I think it'll be great, but it could be. But Laurie Markin has also been very up and down, so I, I just like that's a guy that needs his touches too, and like I guess that's really banking on Patrick Williams being like a complete stud defensively, um, but. I guess, and there's fat in there, too. So, they'll be an intriguing team to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, they were going to be my pick as well. Um, uh, One that surprised me, I'll just say, since you took mine, Dan. um, Norman Powell to the Blazers for Rodney Hood, uh, former Cavalier Rodney Hood, and Gary Trent Jr. Very lateral move, I guess, is what I thought. I just don't know how you give up. Gary Trent Jr. I mean, Norman Powell, again, I am higher on Norman Powell than a lot of people. I, I really like him. I've always really liked him. I just enjoy watching him play. I think he's a good player who will help the, the, the Blazers this year. But you had a young, very, very, very talented player in uh, Gary Trent Jr. Um, obviously, they're both going to be free agents at the end of the season. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. will be restricted. Norman Powell unrestricted. Uh, I think it's pretty much a done deal that that Norman's going to turn down that player option. But I just fear that this year might be an anomaly for Norman Powell. And he's going to sign a huge extension worth more money than he's actually worth. And that's just going to be a bad contract in three years. And they'll be looking at at, um, Gary Trent in Toronto killing it again on a, on a pretty probably pretty big contract but saying why did we trade these guys for each other just to go in on this year when I don't really think the Blazers have a legitimate chance to make too much noise anyway it just kind of surprised me but um anyway fun stuff I guess maybe for them it's just a guy that at least has I mean but Trent had a good playoff run last year but I guess it's maybe just like a proven vet that that is a bucket getter um, that they can kind of trust more so in, in playoff crunch time. But the whole issue is, I mean, not to say, I mean, he's not like a terrible defender or anything, but I just don't know how they're going to play Dame, CJ and him in the playoffs all like, like how are they going to play them all 30 minutes? Like, I, I just don't like, do you bring, do you bring Norm off the bench? I think that's I think my you absolutely, to do. You absolutely kind of have to. He's got to be let your him bunker. run your second unit, and I think he'll do great in that role. But but I think that's uh, kind of where you have to play him. Yeah, I, I guess it is. But I I just it's going to be very very matchup dependent as to whether you can finish with those three guys on the floor. Yeah, I, I just in I just think in I mean when you're factoring like playoff time because that's just what I'm thinking of. It's. Those, yeah, they're just going to get continually. Just teams are just going to go big, and and I, I guess they're just going to have to hit every three they take at this point. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, the Cavs play the Lakers tomorrow. At this point, when the pod comes out, it'll be today against the Lakers. 
We'll see if Sexton is, is Sexton going to be in this game. I, I know he's dealing with his hamstring soreness. Uh, was he questionable or was he already ruled out? Uh, I have not seen it actually yet, but I think I think he was questionable the last that I looked. But anyway, yeah, that's Dan. The Cavs beat the Bulls when Colin Sexton didn't play. Colin Sexton not in the starting lineup. Darius Garland had a good game. All signs indicate that Colin Sexton should come off the bench for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, right. Portions of Cavs Twitter are behind it. I, I see no reason. The Cavs had one good game without Sexton in the starting lineup. Are you 100% on board like me? Let's bring him off the bench the rest of the year. Yeah, we, we know that this is sarcasm here. Um, yeah, just with what he means to this, this offense – uh, Garland was sensational down the stretch. I'm not going to discount that. But, yeah, Collins just means too much to this team um, night to night. And, and the Bulls really missed a, a lot of open looks. I mean, the Cavs really uh, kind of dodged the bullet a number of times there. So, I mean, no disrespect to Broderick. I, I like what he's – I really like what he's shown um, in flashes. But it's it's a ways before we're at all at that point. Um I just I don't know what the alternative at this point would be. Um, I, I still don't love Isaac, or Isaac at the two. Really, I just think I mean he had a very he had a nice night, um, but I, I just prefer him kind of more so at the three. And I, I don't want well, you're missing I, the obvious candidate here, Dan, the guy who shot 14 percent from the field against Chicago. Our favorite guy, Damien Dotson. Start him at the yeah, two the rest yeah, of the year. I'm not, Bring Sexton off the bench. I, I've been so off on Damian Dotson. I, I got nothing to say on that. Um, I, I, honestly, to me, I think Broderick should be taking Dotson's minutes the rest of the season now. No joke. I mean, it's... It's been that bad. You may as well see what you have yeah, in Broderick we at don't, this because point. Because Dotson is... Uh, like, I never would have thought. he's. He, there's no way he's back next season. There cannot be. It seems very unlikely, even at two million, and even with doing some things well, still again, yes. like I think he's, he's doing yes. some things all right. But when you shoot the ball as poorly as he continues to shoot it, and unfortunately, it just, that I mean, that is his role. So it's <laughs> and again, we're going to give Dylan still some slack. We're giving Dylan a leash. We're giving Dylan a longer leash. Yes, at we, least have at least Dylan. until the end of the season. To me. Yes. And and he has done a lot of things other than yeah. well, too. Dylan, absolutely. I, it, 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 we are not at that point with Dylan. You, you cannot – I'm not listening to anything about Dylan right now. It's it's still too early. Damien, different story. But anyway, let's talk about Broderick Thomas a little bit. Uh, did get 10 and a half minutes uh, and some, some pretty important minutes against Chicago. Uh, ended up with, I believe, five points – uh, hit a three, a pretty big, important three. Had a nice put-back dunk, too. Um, just kind of showcasing the athleticism that he has. I believe he also had... Did he have a block in that game? He did have a block as well that was an impressive play. Um, I, I, I'm with you on the, the keep giving Broderick you know, some minutes and just seeing what he's got. Again, I don't know yet if he's really a part of this team's future plans, but you may as well find out while he's here. What did you think of Broderick in these in these limited minutes that we got to see him play? Yeah, I thought he he played well. Um, played heady, smart. 
Um, defensively, he he really um, was impressive. I thought um, just showed really good feel um, as a rotator kind of uh, just off the ball communication was was good with him. I, I thought that was nice to see. A lot of guys in those moments are good at. I mean, there was a couple mix ups, sure, um, but you're you're gonna have that. It's kind of to be expected and. Um, I, I thought he tagged cutters off the ball really well. That was nice to see from him. Uh, not going to discount that at all. Um, it, rebounding, I thought his positional sense was good, too, um, for a guard. And I just think just look comfortable. Um, didn't – I'm not going to say, like, didn't do too much because I, I think that's almost like a slight when people say that. Um, I, I just thought look comfortable, kind of picked his spots well. Um yeah, I just thought the stroke itself um, looked pretty good. And, yeah, just his athleticism definitely um, jumped out and, and a really fluid athlete. All right, well, before we get out of here, Dan, um, the Lakers do play the Cavs in L.A. tomorrow. The Lakers, obviously, without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This seems like a winnable game. Who do you got? Who, who do you got? Cavs obviously don't have JaVale McGee anymore. Um, we'll be without Isaiah Hartenstein, you have to assume, as well. Um, so really not too many changes from the last game as far as who's going to be out there in the lineup. Uh, we'll see if Colin plays or not. But I personally feel pretty good about the Cavs in this game. I think they'll have an opportunity to, to take one on the road here. Yeah, I'm with you on that uh, as well. Um I didn't see like what the opening line is, but I think the Cavs would at least cover. Um, I think Kuzma will probably give them buckets in this game. For some reason, he always gives the Cavs buckets. But, um, yeah, I think the Cavs honestly have this one in a close one. And um, given that Drummond wouldn't be in this one either, um, I'll I'll say the Cavs actually do pull it out and – that doesn't mean necessarily that Jetty's going to hit water. So, God, Jetty. I just I, I I don't like to be as pessimistic about guys as I am with Jetty. I really don't. But I like Jetty as the dude, but he he just I has was not, so helpful. It has not not worked. I was so optimistic for so long with him, and I wanted it to work so badly, and. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. But uh, anyway, I'm sorry to anybody who listens to the pod, to the show that uploads have been a little bit inconsistent as of late. Uh, it's been about one a week for the past couple weeks now. Uh, we will be back on a two-upload-a-week schedule, so there are no more interruptions in my life that will prevent me from uploading, prevent me from recording. So two times a week until however long. I don't know. It'll be a while. But um, anyway, that's all we got tonight. Thank you for listening. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review, all that. Any final words, Dan? Um, No, no. No taglines this time. No taglines. Bring Fiondu, Calvin Gailey to Cleveland. That's about all I got. Uh, Let's see what Isaiah Hartenstein has. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.